A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Gais Mendieta, and you listen to La Liga Lowdown. Hi, my name is John Guidetti, and this is La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Jordi Amat. You are listening to La Liga Lowdown. And I'm David Garrido. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Reyes Tukhanov and broadcast on Sirius XMSC 157 in North America as we recap match day 14 in La Liga. Again, a few surprising results to keep us entertained. The pace just isn't letting up this season. So, on the way, inside the next half hour, Barcelona may have injuries, but it was still a bit of an unconvincing performance as they beat Villarreal. Roman was watching. We just get glimpses of their potential in specific games. For example, against Spurs in the Champions League or versus Madrid in La Liga but it happens in very few occasions which isn't good enough Atletico may have injuries and they paid the price held at Girona as for Real Madrid they beat Valencia at home with the kids and also an experienced head on form here's Ewan should also give a special mention to Luka Modric he's not been very good so far this season but in this match he showed why he's been collecting so many individual awards in 2018 we saw the Modric of the World Cup in this game Sevilla were top but they're not anymore after a draw at Alaves. Alex assesses. Overall, I think both teams can take a lot of positives from this match and from the first part of the season. Abelardo keeps on insisting that they are playing for survival in La Liga, but Alaves, they are still in the top four. Plus, Levante went at home to deepen the gloom around Athletic Club. Paco has the latest. Their defence was weak, their attack was predictable and no players stood out from the pack. Maybe Iñaki Williams because he generated the most chances but he was unlucky enough to defend poorly the first goal scored by Chema. And there's also your three-word verdicts. That's all coming up. start off by listing Barcelona's injured players right now. Luis Suarez, Samuel Umtiti, Artur Rafinha, Jasper Sillison, Sergi Roberto, Sergi Samper and Thomas Vermaelen. And with Villarreal at more or less full strength, was this perhaps a rare chance for Javier Hassai to get something from the camp now? Nah, don't be daft. In by Dembele, and the header in from Pique. A little look to the assistant on the near side. To see that all was well in terms of the goal's legitimacy. Seno will feel he ought to have done better, I fancy, the goalkeeper. But Gerard Piquet makes a breakthrough here at the camp now. Oh, Alenia is in. Has he got the composure? You bet. Is he wearing the number 10? Carlos Alenia, 20 years old and bristling with talent. And Barcelona heading to the top of the table. Well, that's how those goals went in on 11 sports in the UK. And the assist for number two, a defence-splitting pass from Lionel Messi to Carlos Alenia was utterly superb. Uh, so bad were Barcelona's injuries that Alenia was part of a properly makeshift bench, including young keeper Iñaki Peña and defenders Juan Miranda and Chumi 
But injuries alone don't explain why Barca aren't playing to their potential right now. A lot of fans aren't happy with what Ernesto Valverde and his players are producing. Uh, our man in Barcelona is Roman de Arquer. Uh, Roman, what are Barca missing right now and how much is it down to Valverde? I think we're asking ourselves the same questions as last season. Valverde's Barca was winning, but it wasn't convincing, whereas now it's winning even less and still not convincing. I always think it's important to give a coach time, but almost halfway into his second season there hasn't been a big evolution in the way Valverde's guys play. We just get glimpses of their potential in specific games, for example against Spurs in the Champions League or versus Madrid in La Liga, but it happens in very few occasions which isn't good enough. We certainly can't blame the injuries or the squad, as there are plenty of players that can deliver. Valverde needs to reinvent himself and try to find a way in which players like Coutinho or Dembele can show all their potential but at the same time allow Barca's midfield to regain protagonism. Well, positives were the performance of Usman Dembele and uh, Arturo Vidal, who's made his presence felt since coming into the team. And it's also a first clean sheet in 12 La Liga games for Barcelona. But for Villarreal, the pressure isn't going away. Javier Hazard is still just one place above the relegation zone and are struggling away from home in particular without a win in eight on the road in all competitions. So, Roman, how does this result affect Calleja's future? It's a blow for sure. Calleja needs wins and I'm honestly surprised he's still on that bench. It's a similar case to Barca, where the team doesn't seem to be improving much. We've known Villarreal to be a team used to playing creative football and having plenty of ball possession, but in three of their last four games they've been dominated by Rayo Vallecano, Betis and, of course, by Barca. But when they do control games, their football is quite sterile, and we're talking about a team with players like Trigueros, Fornals, Cazorla, Gerard Moreno. They should be capable of doing so much more. Calleja does take care of the youth, which is always a plus, but his system isn't proving adequate. I believe the squad needs a breath of fresh air. Thanks, Roman. To the showpiece fixture of the weekend, Real Madrid beating Valencia 2-0. The excellent Dani Carvajal was the architect of the first goal, which was ultimately an unwitting headed own goal from Daniel Vaz. Uh, Valencia then came to life in the second half, Santi Mina latching onto a Dani Parejo through ball, but firing over the top. And then further chances were missed by Gabriel and Michi Batshuayi, even though he was wrongly adjudged offside. Valencia had thrown bodies forward, so it was inevitable they'd get caught on the break by Madrid. Carvajal combined with Isco and eventually Caim Benzema set up Lucas Vasquez to squeeze the ball home. For Madrid, coupled with the Roma win in midweek, it is a good response to last weekend's loss at Eibar. Uh, let's chat to La Liga Lodan's Jürgen McTier, who is based in Madrid. Uh, very good first 45 from the European champions. Valencia came back in the second half, but couldn't take advantage of their opportunity. Opportunities. Uh, but Ewan, this felt like a, a different Madrid team to the one at Ipurua. So which of their players deserve a special mention in your view? I think the young players in the Real Madrid team deserve special mention. Starting with Marcus Juventi. He made just his third appearance of the season last midweek in Rome and had his fourth outing on Saturday. Once again, he did an excellent job of filling in for Casemiro. In both defence and attack, he was involved and he helped out his team. Another youngster caught my attention too, as 21-year-old Sergio Reguilon had what I think was his best game in a Real Madrid shirt. Considering Gareth Bale hardly tracked back, Reguilon did ever so well to stop Valencia from coming back into this match. Should also give a special mention to Luka Modric. He's not been very good so far this season, but in this match he showed why he's been collecting so many individual awards in 2018. We saw the Modric of the World Cup 
in this game. And what about Santi Solari? Seven games in charge of Madrid in all competitions, six wins, and he may be backing the younger players, as you mentioned. But what is your read on the rather strange situation between Solari and Isco and how it might develop? The Isco situation is a very big deal here. People just can't stop talking about it, including Isco himself. He posted a shirtless photo on Instagram over the weekend asking his followers if they think he's fat or not. It was all a bit Jim Bro-ish. But it stems from the fact that one of the reasons given for Oscar's participation has been a lack of fitness. If that is the case, it should be kept in mind that he just had his appendix removed a couple of months ago. There have also been reports that he isn't working as hard in training as Solari would like. Whether or not that's true, many Real Madrid fans don't like what they're hearing, and there were some whistles, as well as some applause, when he came on for the final 10 minutes against Valencia. With just 88 minutes and no starts across Solari's first seven matches, it's clear that something's up, and it's clear that Isco isn't going to be playing every single week. Thanks, Ewan. Well, as you can imagine, the Valencia picture is pretty bleak. Two defeats in the space of five days, both away, both without scoring. The Champions League exit did affect them. As Santi Mina called their first half display shabby, Carlos Soler admitted the best thing about it was that they only went in 1-0 down. And he, Gabriel, uh, Jose Gaya and Mukhtar Diakabi are just one more booking away from suspension. Gonzalo Guedes continues to be a real concern. He is nowhere near the level of last season and Marcelino has to continue fielding awkward questions about the player's injury and whether he should have surgery. Our Valencia fans are always decent value to hear from, so here are a few choice words from Armando and Cesar from Peña VCF USA. It was one of the most weak performances that I've seen from the team all season. So many sloppy passes, no real threat in the attacking third. One thing that's been plaguing us all season is the finishing. Our finishing has been absolutely terrible. Also, we sorely missed Rodrigo. That was an absolute embarrassment by Valencia today. I'm just not happy with the image today. And changes need to be made now, not later. We're not going to get Champions League unless we win the Europa League at this point. I just don't know what we can salvage of the season if we play the way we played today. To be honest, I think Marcelino needs to do some more self-critique, go back to the drawing board. Think of a more dynamic lineup, maybe. We definitely need it right back this winter transfer market. The right flank is definitely our weakest area. I've been a Marcelino supporter for a long time. Uh, I really like what he did last season. But right now, at this point, the way they look today, especially in the first half, he's got to go. Marcelino Vetea. Oof, controversial. Well, this was our choice for Partiasa Predictions on our YouTube channel. Uh, only one person picks up points this week for backing a Real Madrid victory. That was Alex Johnson, so she adds a single point to her tally. It means the Ewan and Pacpolita still level on 13 points. Roman and myself are still on 8, but Alex moves up to 7 points. <laughs> At Montilivi, Girona and Atletico Madrid fought out a one-all draw. No prizes for guessing who opened the scoring. Christian Stuani tucked home a penalty after being brought down in the area by Jan Oblak, even though the ref blew for a free kick, thinking that the challenge had been outside the box. Well, that took the Uruguayans' tally to 11 in La Liga. Once again, Pichichi, the division's top scorer. And despite further chances to extend their lead, Atleti got the equaliser. Angel Correa floating a perfect long diagonal ball forward towards Diego Costa and a Girona centre-back Ramayos stretched out a leg and diverted it past Gorka Iraizos, who had replaced the injured Bono in the home goal. 1-1 it finished. Uh, this may have been the best version of Diego Costa we've seen in a while. Flashes of Mr. Angry, but channeling his energy in the right way. However, we might not see it again for a while because there are reports that the Brazil-born Spain striker is having surgery on his foot in Brazil this week in a bid to make sure he's ready for the last 16 
of the Champions League in February. Lida Sevilla headed to Mensorotza to face Alaves. That was second against fourth at kickoff. And in the end, they came away with a 1-1 draw. But most of the controversy in this game surrounded the opening goal from Alaves. A clearance from the Sevilla keeper, Thomas Vachlik, headed back over halfway by Martin. It was then flicked on by Sevilla defender Sergio Gomez. And even though uh, Jonathan Cayeri was in an offside position, that touch from Sergio Gomez meant that he was effectively ruled onside by the letter of the law. Cayeri crossed for Johnny to score. Cute outrage from the away dugout. Alaves were intense and pressed well in that first half, but Sevilla responded in the second. Wissam Benyeda eventually made their pressure pay with Pablo Sarabia coming off the bench and centering for the Frenchman to touch home for his seventh La Liga goal of the campaign and 11th overall. 1-1 the final score then. So let's get more on this game from Alex Johnson. Uh, Alex, which manager do you think will be the happier and where does this leave both teams as they head towards Christmas? Abelardo is definitely the happier one. It's yet another match in which he has reason to feel very proud over his players, where they've shown that they can challenge the best teams in the league. Sevilla might have been more dominant, but Alaves knew just how to pressure them, especially in the first half. Pablo Machin, he was a bit more upset, mainly at the referee, but he was happy with his team's performance, and I think he should be. The first half was more towards Alaves, but the second was with no doubt in favour of Sevilla. And we have to remember here that no away team has come to Vitoria this season and won. Real Madrid lost here. Informed teams like Espanyol and Girona have also failed to win. It is a tough ground. Overall, I think both teams can take a lot of positives from this match and from the first part of the season. Abelardo keeps on insisting that they are playing for survival in La Liga, but Alaves, they are still in the top four. Sevilla, they are second and Pablo Machin seem to know exactly what he is doing. Thanks, Alex. Uh, plenty more to come in the second half of this mini-pod. Big wins for Getafe, Levante and Leganés, a vital one for Raya Vallecano, while Diego Aspas was once again the hero for Celta. We'll be back in a couple of ticks. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
Well, welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Redis Lakanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. Four games down, six to go on match day 14. Uh, Espanyol fell to their third league defeat in a row on Saturday as they lost 3-0 at Hidafe. All the goals in the second half at the Coliseum Alfonso Perez. Hidafe taking the lead after Damian Suarez's long ball found Jorge Molina, who controlled superbly, rolled Oscar Duarte and fired home. Ten minutes later, a rare mistake from Mario Hermoso let in Mauro Arambarri, who found Jaime Mata to tap in past a stranded Diego Lopez and the keeper had no chance for the third. Vitorino Antunes advancing forward and letting fly with his left foot from 30 yards out. His strike deflected off Davi Lopez and looped into the net. Well, afterwards, uh, Rui said his Espanol team gave a very weak performance and that he wasn't happy with anyone. Before Hedafe, it is a first win in four and Pepe Bordalas said his team neutralised a great Espanol and the fact they barely threatened in the second half is testament to his players' hard work. Now, Levante are right up there in the mix for European places after a comfortable 3-0 victory at home to Athletic Club in the Monday night game. The visitors had plenty of patience and build-up play in the first half, but made little of it. Levante took the lead through Chema in first-half stoppage time. They then ramped things up in the second half through the sheer pace and energy of their attackers. Jose Luis Morales' shot was saved by Iago Herrerin, but Jose Campaña put away the rebound, and Morales and Campaña combined for Roger Martí to make it three. To make matters worse, Peruno Lascoain was shown a straight red card for a nasty challenge on Morales, and Athletic finished the game with 10 men. Utter nightmare for Los Leones at the Estadio Ciudad de Valencia. Now, Paco Bolit was watching this game for La Liga Lodan. Uh, Paco, were Athletic Club that bad, or were Levante that good? And how come Toto Berizzo hasn't managed to impose his style and philosophy on Athletic? Well, short answer is... Both are true, but I think Athletic were especially awful on Monday. Their defense was weak, their attack was predictable, and no players stood out from the pack. Maybe Iñaki Williams, because he generated the most chances, but he was unlucky enough to defend poorly the first goal scored by Chema. It doesn't seem as if Berizzo is going to make it to the end of season if things follow this path. 14 points out of 42, the worst start of season ever for Athletic, who are, remember, one of the only three teams who have never been relegated. Now they're three points away from salvation. Berizzo himself was pretty depressed after the game. I quote, If it was the best course of action for the team, I would consider resigning. He said it. He said that. He might not even have the chance to do it and get sacked before, so let's see what happens this week in Bilbao. Um, nothing to add on Levante's behalf. First win after four games, 21 points, crossing the halfway mark and route to remain in La Liga one more season. Paco López keeps the miracle going. Thanks, Paco. Well, Rabetis made it back-to-back -back home wins in the space of four days with a 1-0 victory over Real Sociedad. The only goal came just after the half hour. They took a short corner. Joaquin crossed. William Carvalho flicked on and Junior Firpo stolen at the back post to finish. Uh, whether it was a corner in the first place is up for debate, but nevertheless, Junior has now scored three goals, which just goes to show how important the fullbacks are in Betis' system, especially when they attack. A keeper, Paolo Lopez, though, was arguably the man of the match, twice denying Sandro with excellent stops, one with his leg, and he also frustrated William Jose, keeping out the Brazilian's header shortly after. Having resisted that period of pressure from Real Sociedad, Obetis regained control and saw out the win. Kike Setien said the victory was incredibly well-deserved, especially given that they played on Thursday against Olympiacos. While for La Real, it is a first defeat in five as their good little run comes to an end. To the 
goaliest game of the weekend, if that's even a word. Real Valladolid 2, Leganes 4, the final score at the Estadio José Zorrilla. Lego went ahead through Dimitri Siovas from a corner and Oscar Rodriguez then followed up his own shot from another corner to double the lead. Back came Valladolid after half-time, Tonavilla making it 1-2 after Nacho had hit the post, but a Jordi Massif error allowed Guido Carrillo to nip in to make it 1-3, which became 1-4 less than 10 minutes later as the Southampton Loni then rose highest to head home Mikel Vesga's cross. That was the game wrapped up before Enes Unal's headed consolation. 2-4 at finish then. It was Leganes's first away win in 23 matches going back to October 2017 and they've taken eight points from their last four games to get out of the bottom three in La Liga. That was something that Mauricio Peregrino alluded to saying the team had grown in the last few weeks and hopefully they can continue that way. It was Real Valladolid's worst defeat since the arrival of Sergio Gonzalez. He said that he thought his team had been a bit too relaxed and been dominated in the aerial battles. After four league wins in a row, Valladolid are now winless in five. They've tumbled from sixth to 15th in the table, but they're still closer to the Europa League places in the bottom three. And Sergio also said he was confident they could bounce back from this setback. To the Saturday lunchtime game in Galicia, dominated by one man, and you don't have to be a brain surgeon to work out who, uh, Iago Aspas scored both goals in Celta Vigo's 2-0 win over Huesca to give Miguel Cardoso his first win in charge at Balaidos. Not that it was all plain sailing, a Huesca missed clear chances in the first half in particular. Cristian Rivera was the chief culprit with a clear header from Moy Gomez's cross, but they were punished not once, but twice by Celta's talisman. Oh, lovely tap through the legs of the defender, it's brought across and finished off! by Iago Aspas. He's scored against Wesker before and he finds the net again today. The easiest of tap-ins for the prolific Spanish striker for what is his ninth La Liga goal of the campaign. It's going to be a foot race for the ball. Iago Aspas in full flight. Takes on Acapo. Beats him. It's Aspas! Goal for Celta! Iago Aspas with his second and it was all about his persistence, his fight, his guile to get past Acapo. It means he's on 11 goals overall this season. Alex Johnson was watching the Aspas show at Balaidos. Uh, Alex, what was it about his two finishes that show that he is such a force of nature? The first goal was a beautiful play by Celta's locals, starting with Hugo Mayo and Bryce Mendes linking up on the right side for the former to find Iago in front of the goal to tap it in. Aspas being in the right place at the right time. Second one is simply brilliance from Aspas. First his energy and desire to outpace Acapu, then the composure and skill to find his footing and fire it home with his wrong foot. In the week, Aspas expressed that he thinks Cardoso has a good philosophy and even if there is still a lot to improve, we did see some glimpses of what he's trying to do, especially with that first goal. It's passing, it's about starting from the back, owning the ball and you can already see the changes from Mohamed Celta. It was a bit more cultic, more individualistic. They created more chances, but I think that's just a matter of time and getting used to the new way of playing. At least there's an idea and plan now. Well, thank you, Alex. From their side of things, Wesker's winless run stretches to 14 games in all competitions, including a 4-0 battering by Athletic Club in the Copa in midweek. Francisco said his side had been better than Celta in the first half, but hadn't been clinical in their finishing despite competing well. They are bottom and now seven points from safety. And how about this for a tough little run into Christmas? The second leg in the Copa at home to Athletic, another home game versus Real Madrid, then Villarreal come to the Estadio del Alcoraz, and just before Christmas, Huesca heads to Valencia to close off their 2018. So will the club stick with Francisco, or will they become the first La Liga team this season to suffer the shame of replacing a coach twice. 
And now Wesker at the bottom side outright after Rayo Vallecano won the Friday night game 1-0 against Eibar for their first home win of the season in the eighth attempt. But the first half belonged to the visitors. Chances from Gonzalo Escalante, Paulo Oliveira and especially Joan Jordan kept out by Stole Dimitrievski whilst Sejen Rich slid the ball into the side netting. The Rayo goal came just into the second half. Excellent work down the left from Alex Moreno who twisted and turned and centred for Adrian Barba to nip in front of Ivan Ramis at the near post and Definitely deflect the ball towards the far post and past Asierri has got a fine way to celebrate his 150th appearance for the club. Now, Michel said he didn't need to be clever to see that Rayo needed the win and he praised his fullbacks and wingers in particular for their sacrifice and humility. Uh, Robbie Dunn, who has written a book on Rayo called Working Class Heroes, gave us his thoughts too. Losing becomes a habit for the players and the fans and after a couple of really disappointing results in the stadium against Barcelona especially, that 3-2 defeat, you start to almost expect late equalisers and winners for the opposition. We almost didn't know how to react after the final whistle on Friday night. It's been that long since the last home win and now finally they have something to build on. They were dogged on Friday night and even sometimes a little bit dirty which I don't fully condone but sometimes it's necessary. I'm not entirely sure if Rio will stay up this season, it's going to be a massive battle but it looks like if they're going to go down, they're going to at least go down swinging. So let's have a look at the table then with 14 matches played. Barcelona once again leaders with 28 points. Then comes Sevilla with 27, Atletico with 25, Alaves staying in fourth on 24 points. Real Madrid have 23 and Levante are now sixth with 21 points. At the bottom, Huesca have seven points. Then come Rayo with 10, Atletico with 11 and above the bottom three, Villarreal have 14 points and Leganes have 16 Time for your three-word verdicts then. Matt Chong goes for Marcos Llorente owns. Hong Shui says Cules love Vidal. Uh, Elijas's verdict is Alenia should start. La Liga Gav has chosen Wake Up Gedesh. <laughs> this from Richard Gosmala. Leganes, March on. And Daniel Dow's three words are clean sheets galore. Yeah, there were quite a few, weren't there? Well, that's all we've got time for. But just to remind you of our other content on our other platforms, our Twitter family keeps growing. And you, yes, you can be part of it too. Come find us, follow us in chat to us on social media. We are at Laliga Lowdown on Twitter. And on YouTube, we have the following channel URL, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Laliga Lowdown. Or just put Laliga Lowdown into your search engine. We'll have another Partidas Predictions video for you on Friday. Head to our website, www.laligalowdown.com for a bit more on the squad and all of our content in one place. And of course, don't forget to like and rate this podcast five stars. That's your Laliga Lowdown. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.